prayer. wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 1 of the chapter. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, and beginning our reading at verse 1, please. Mark 4, and begin at verse 1. They began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty and some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye this, not this parable? And how then shall ye know all par parables? The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some an hundred. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to our hearts for his name's sake. Let's just unite again at the throne of grace and prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank Thee for the Word of God again tonight. And, O oh God, we thank Thee for these parables and the exposition of the parable that we have here so that we can understand. And we pray that Thou wouldst give that understanding in our hearts and in our souls this evening, and that Thou wouldst open up Thy Word before us and bless us abundantly as we seek uh, to delve into what thy word has to say, for it's in Jesus' precious name 
that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus told this very important parable about a sower that went out to sow. And it is a vitally important parable because it gives us the key to the understanding of all parables. If you look in verse 13, you'll see the words of the Lord Jesus. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? And, or, and so the Lord was really saying that here you have the key to the understanding of all parables. If you can understand this parable, then you have a key to understanding all the parables. And notice the elements of this parable here. There's a sower, there is the seed, and then there are the soil. And the sower is the Lord Jesus himself. And we're told that the seed is the word of God. Look at verse 14. He says, the sower soweth the word. And then we are told about four types of soil here uh, where the word is sown. There is the wayside ground. And this is the kind of ground that the seed is not able to enter. It's hard beaten ground. And the seed has no hope of sprouting up on the wayside ground. And the devil comes then and is able to snatch away the seed. And he is able to take and rob the hearer of the word. There are many wayside hearers of the word of God on which the word of God has no effect. Uh, it causes no concern. There is no conviction in the heart. And we look out in our world today and we find that the vast majority of people are like the wayside hearer. And they have no thought about the word of God. The word of God has no impact on them whatsoever. And then he speaks about the stony ground. We read in Mark 4 verses 5 and 6 there. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And we want to think about the stony ground tonight. Now, there are two other types of ground here in this portion of Scripture. There's the thorny ground, where the seed sprouts up, and then it's choked by the thorns. And the Bible says, the Lord says, the thorns are the deceitfulness of riches, they are the cares of the world. And there are many people who are so anxious and so worried about the things of the world that they never think about their soul. Maybe that's you tonight. And then there's the good ground where the seed is able to be sown and grows up and brings forth much fruit. But what about this stony ground tonight? We find here that the Lord Jesus speaks about the stony ground. And these are those that hear the word. And he says here that immediately, verse 5, and immediately it sprang up. They're, they receive the word with joy. And initially they are very encouraging. Some seem to receive the word of God quickly and easily and even joyfully. And they seem to love God and the things of God but look at how it continues. Yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while. 
For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word by and by, he is offended. And there is someone that seems at first to be so encouraging, and then there is a falling away. Now, some would use this passage of Scripture to challenge the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Is Christ here saying that there could be somebody that receives the word and shows signs of growth at the very beginning, and maybe they're truly a Christian, but somehow along the right line they're de-Christianized, or they are deconverted, or their faith is deconstructed? Is that what we're being told here in this passage of Scripture? Well, we need to take the whole counsel of God and we need to compare Scripture with Scripture. And we know that in John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29, that it proclaims that none, no, nothing can pluck us out of the Father's hand. The book of Romans chapter 8, at the end of it, it speaks of how uh, there is uh, nothing Uh, whether life or death or angels or principalities or powers shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So we need to see then and we need to conclude that the stony ground hearers are not genuine great believers at all. They are false professors. And the stony ground hearers, they start off looking so good, It seems as if the word of God has made a difference in their hearts. And we find later on that there's really nothing there at all. Now we said that the wayside hearers are very numerous in the world. And so they are. The vast majority of people out there are like the wayside hearer. Where the word of God doesn't seem to affect them at all. And the stony ground hearer of course is a lot less numerous. But I would fear that the stony ground hearer is a lot more numerous than we would think. You know, I I have an awful fear that there are many people who have a profession of faith, but there is no reality to that faith. Now, don't judge, and we're not to judge, but the Bible says, by their fruits, ye shall know them. So I want us to listen to what the Lord Jesus here is saying about the stony ground hearer, the professor, the false professor. What does the Bible have to say about such a person? And first of all, I want you to see their dynamism. They are dynamic at the start. Look at what it says in the portion of Scripture there, It says, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately, immediately it sprang up. There's a a dynamism there. Something immediately happens. And you go down the um, uh, passage there. If you look at verse 16 for the interpretation, here's the Lord's interpretation. This is not my interpretation. This is not the church's interpretation. This is the Lord's interpretation he says, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they had heard the word, immediately, again the word immediately, they immediately receive it 
with gladness. And there's this dynamism here. And you see the dynamism with which the seed is received. It's not like the wayside ground where the seed cannot penetrate the, or get through at all. Here the seed enters the ground and because it's on a rocky ground, very often the soil on rocky ground is formed by leaf mould and there is all sorts of uh, vegetative material that will fall on the rock and maybe there's water that's lying there. And all of this refuge material begins to rot. And so the soil that is on the stony ground very often is like compost material or leaf mould material. And the young plants then have all of the nutrients that they need. And when the seed is sown, they are going to germinate. And this is a good place to germinate. And you can see the word immediately in the text. And you can see it in the description or the interpretation by the Lord Jesus there in the portion of Scripture. But I want you to see when we look at all of this, we can see certain things about the stony ground hearer. And the first thing is that they do not reject the Word of God. The Bible says they receive it, they embrace it, they hear it. And the fact of the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ is something that is seen by them. They don't dismiss the word of God. They don't argue about it. They don't try to distort it or accommodate the message to their tastes. It says, immediately they receive the word. Oh, they take it in. They're, they're not going to debate about it. They are going to receive the word of God. And that's it was something that is positive. The word of God hits the mark. It is something that gels with their uh, state and their being. It is something that comes to explain what they are, and it hits the mark. But not only do you see here that they uh, immediately receive the word, but it goes on. It, it says something more. It says they receive the word with gladness. They're glad about the word. They're happy to hear it. They find pleasure in the message that is proclaimed. They're not complainers. They are not grumblers. They're not questioners. They're not skeptics about the word. They hear the word and they're pleased about it. It feels right to them. And they respond to the message. They want to know more. They find themselves attracted to Christianity and maybe they stop swearing and they stop cursing and drunkenness doesn't appeal the way it once did. And maybe they open their Bibles once in a while. And maybe they even try to pray once in a while. Maybe they even want to go on a mission trip. And they want to do something because this is a message that appeals to their hearts on one level. They maybe even get involved in the ministry and they support missionaries and all the rest of it. And the seed sprouts and it grows. And perhaps I'm speaking to someone like that. And perhaps you know the gospel is right. And you know that you need to be saved. And you know that you need to get right with God. And all of these things are messages that have penetrated your heart. And maybe in some degree and measure you have responded to that message. But then I want you to see 
that the message here, the stony ground here, he immediately receives it. He immediately receives it with gladness. But it goes beyond that again. There is an acceptance of the message. There is this glad reception. But then it goes further because the seed begins to grow. As we say, the rocky ground there it has soil on it that is loamy soil. And the little seeds begin to sprout and to grow. And they begin to uh, appear above the surface. There is something of a growth. It seems as if there is something there. And to every outward appearance, they're bright converts. Oh, they learn the jargon. They learn Christianese, as it were, very quickly. They adopt maybe to the moral expectations of the church. Maybe they're even taken in as communicant members because that seems to be appropriate. They do seem to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. They can tell you what is right and what is wrong, and they have a great affection for the worship of God and the gospel, as we say, is something that meets the need of their heart. And they have no hesitation in identifying themselves with the things of God. Here is the person that is pictured here in this portion of Scripture. And maybe uh, people have sat in churches and they have uh, looked at people like this and they have been every bit Christians as far as they are concerned. They look like Christians. They walk like Christians. But my, there is something wrong. I remember a lady in the Enniskillen church many years ago. And I uh, think, about, I, I don't remember her name, but I remember her coming. And she was there a number of months and she seemed to be on fire. She'd got right with God. She'd come out in the meeting. She seemed to be converted. She seemed to be saved. And my, for a number of months, she was on fire. She was in the prayer meetings. She started to pray. She wanted to be involved in the work. She was putting everybody else to shame by the way that she was going on. She wanted to be out witnessing. She wanted to do all that she could uh, for the Lord. There was, she was on fire for God. She was going full steam for a number of weeks or months. And then she just suddenly disappeared. She wasn't there anymore. And it was all of a sudden. And you know what the Apostle Peter says in 2 Peter 1 verse 10? He says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. We should never take our salvation for granted. It has to be real. There has to be a real work that has been done in the heart. So we see the dynamism of this seed. They uh, receive the word. They receive it with gladness. And then there seems to be some signs of growth in their demeanor. But they don't want you to see their deterioration. Look at verse 17. And have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time, Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now, we spotted the word immediately when the Lord Jesus spoke about them 
the seed beginning to grow. And immediately, immediately it, it was received. Immediately it was received with joy. But now I want you to see the word immediately is used again in this portion of Scripture. Immediately they are offended. And you can see the way that almost as suddenly as they spring up, the same suddenness is the way that they go. I was talking to you, I said to you about that lady in the Enniskillen church uh, a few minutes ago, and there she was on fire and going on with God, and everything was uh, so very uh, passionate about her, and then immediately just disappeared. It wasn't over a period of time. Uh, she seemed to be there one week, and then the next week there was, she was no more, never came again, never appeared again. And, you know, here was uh, one who immediately was offended. I don't know what happened to her, actually. I don't know whether it was somebody that offended her or whether it was the difficulty or what it was. Never found that out. But something happened, and she went away. Now, I want you to see the circumstances of their relapse here. The text says that the reason for the collapse here is affliction and persecution. You'll see the Lord's interpretation where it says, it says well, it says in the parable in verse 6, uh, when the sun was up, it was scorched. Speaking of the seed there. When the sun was up, it, it, the seed was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And the um, Lord interprets then, in the interpretation, he interprets the sun. Um, it's, if you look at verse 17, when affliction or persecution ariseth. So the Lord says that the sun there, the beating of the sun, is a representation of affliction and persecution. Now that's very interesting because normally for a seed, for a plant, the sun is very vital. The sun uh, brings the plant the food that it needs. It brings the light for photosynthesis. And in many ways, the light of the sun is absolutely essential for its growth and for its strength. And for a real Christian, for a, a child of God, very often the afflictions and the trials, they're only to make us strong. The Lord, uh, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And we think of how he brings us into circumstances. He tests us. He tests our mettle. He tests our faith. And then we come through all of that. And he, we are strengthened by the afflictions and by the persecutions. When you go out into the world and somebody mocks you because you're a Christian and you're able to stand in the midst of all of that, then that only makes you stronger for the next time. And the afflictions make us strong. But in this case, where this person has no root, where this person is false, the afflictions and the persecutions bring them into a place of offense. And the difficulties and the untoward events that happen causes a collapse. And that which made, was to make them strong makes them subside. And you know, times are hard for Christians. You'll notice the portion of Scripture here, it doesn't say if uh, affliction or persecution ariseth. It says when. 
And we're not saying tonight that it's easy to be a Christian. There are uh, persecutions and afflictions. There are times when you'll be discouraged. There are times when people will mock you and when people will try to discourage you in every way that they can. When affliction and persecution ariseth. And I want you to see the circumstances of the collapse. When it gets difficult, when it gets hard, then the, the, your Christianity is tested out. Maybe some of you that are saved tonight, you can think of difficulties that you've come through and trials that you have overcome. And you've come through them. And that shows the reality of your Christianity. But these, these people, they collapse when it gets hard. We see the circumstances of the relapse. But look at the cause of the relapse. Verse 17 says, they have no root in themselves. The root of the matter is not in them. They need a root. Uh, they have a, a, a no root or a defective root, a root that doesn't uh, reach down far enough, as it were, and we need to be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, dear friend, you've got to have that uh, connection with the Lord Jesus Christ if you're going to be saved. He, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. He's the one who died on the cross. He's the one who shed his precious blood. He's the one who made that substitutionary atonement there on the cross of Calvary. He's the only one who can give salvation. And dear friend, you've got to have that root. You've got to be connected. The root has got to go into Christ, as it were. We are in union with Christ. We are in Christ when we are saved. So dear friend, what you need is that root of the matter. Now, the root of the matter is not knowing the gospel. The Bible says that the devils believe and tremble. You can know a lot about the gospel. You can know the facts of the gospel. You can know the ins and outs of the gospel and not be saved. You can know that you need to be saved and still not be, be saved. And dear friend, the uh, salvation that we have is not just a matter of head knowledge. It's got to be heart knowledge. And it's not just a matter of emotion. Now, sometimes people, when they come and hear the gospel and are convicted, they have emotion. But emotion, uh, if you have it, there's nothing wrong with emotion. But sometimes there are people who are in emotional situations and emotion carries them along. And sometimes in the midst of an emotion, a false profession is made. And they shed tears, but the tears are not real. Oh, dear friend, you need to be careful about emotion. And conversion, too, is not just a matter of decision. It's not a decision. You know, there are people who make a decision, but it's a decision just to try the life of a Christian. I remember counseling a woman years ago, and I asked her why she wanted to be saved. And she said, well, I'm going to try it out. Well, you can't try it out. Well, there's unbelief in that anyway, because if you're trying it out, you don't believe 
that the Lord really can save your soul. You don't believe that he transforms your soul. If you're only trying it out, you're thinking, well, this might not work. But the salvation of God is real, and it does work, and we become new creatures in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, dear friend, there's got to be reality. There's got to be the root of the matter in you. You've got to be connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is Christ your Savior? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ that you're looking to for salvation? This evening, we see their deterioration, these false professors. And then, one more thing I want you to see, and that's their death. Because look at verse uh, 6 again. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root and it withered away. What is the condition of this uh, seed? Death at the end. Death. And, and it's no different from the wayside ground. And in fact, notice verse 16, where the Lord is interpreting the parable, and he says of the stony ground, and these are they likewise. Notice the word likewise. These are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Now, the word likewise, quite clearly, um, is connecting what is said about the stony ground with what is said about the wayside ground. And what, why, are, why is he saying likewise? Because both, at the end of the day, the ground ends up barren. The seed ends up dead. These are they likewise. So at the end of the day, the stony ground and the wayside ground are the same, barren, dead. Despite the great promise of the stony ground, there is no root. They are not saved. There is no life. Now, a, a, a real true backslider maybe uh, go very far, like Lot, when he was down in Sodom. But a true backslider is never happy, really happy in the world. Now, like Lot, it might take you a lot to get you out of the world. You might linger in the world the way that Lot lingered in Sodom. But you're never happy in the world. You know, there are those that you may speak to and they will say to you, you know, I am not really reading my Bible. Haven't opened my Bible for a long time. Not prayed in months. I'm living with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. I'm living in pursuit of money and pleasure, career or reputation. But when I was 16, I stayed behind in the youth group and my minister talked to me and I gave my life to Christ. So I'm all good, right? No, no, it's not right. It's not right. It's not a matter of past experience. It's a matter of present trust. And the problem is that these plants have no real roots. They have no roots. They're not connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
notice the reason that is given for the stony ground here going back. We're told he's offended. Now, he's offended by the afflictions, but he's offended. And the word that is used is that he's offended. In other words, what is he doing? Blaming others. Blaming others. If he's offended, he's blaming others. And maybe you're blaming other people. Maybe other Christians. Maybe somebody said something or did something to you, and you're blaming others. Maybe you're blaming the minister. He's not preaching the way that you like, or he has offended you by something that he said. Or maybe you're even offended with the Lord himself. You feel that the Lord's not doing you right, or he's not being fair with you. Maybe you're offended tonight. Oh, dear friend, maybe it's because some loved one had a disease or some loved one died, and you blame God. You blame God. But, dear friend, what about your offense? Is it worth landing in an eternal hell because you're offended? Offended with the God of love and the God of mercy? Offended because some Christian did something on you or said something to you? Is that going to keep you out of an eternal uh, bliss of heaven? Is that what it's going to be? Not only do you see the reason for the stony ground here or going back, but look at the timing. Because it says there in the, uh, that uh, the, um, it speaks of how uh, he uh, endures but for a time if you look in verse 17 they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time and the implication of course there is that it is a short time but I want you to see that the time is not specified does he endure for a day or a week or a month or a year if, if you last uh, in your profession for a year and a day, are you okay? Well, not necessarily. How long is a short time to the Ancient of Days? Dear friend, perhaps you could go on for a number of years and continue in that profession and still fall away at the end of the day. But I want you to see that the seed here withers and dies. And men, women, we think of the persecution of this day and generation. You know, it seems to, well, it does imply, it says here that the false professor continues as long as there's no persecution. It's when the persecution comes that they're offended. And you know, in past days, many people have continued a long time because it, it was acceptable in many ways. Not completely acceptable. It never is in this world. It's not completely acceptable any time to be a Christian. People will still mock you and say things. But relatively speaking, in our land, you, it was acceptable to be a Christian. There were many people professing to be a Christians, And perhaps when there was little offense... There was room for people just to continue on 
continue on in the false profession. But you know, as time has gone on, and more and more there is that anti-God, anti-Christian feeling, and persecution increases, I wonder if false profession is being exposed. There are many that seem to have gone back, many that have withdrawn themselves, many who no longer come to church or worship God, many who seem to have disappeared. I wonder, I wonder, are the false professors? Dear friend, maybe you're one of them and you're looking on tonight. I wonder if you would examine your heart. Stony ground hearers. Be an awful thing to think that you're going to heaven at the end of the day and end up in a false or, or in a, a Christ rejecter's hell. Dear friend, the Bible says in Ephesians 17, or Ephesians 3, verses 17 and 18, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, speaking of God's love there. Dear friend, you need to be rooted and grounded in Christ. You need to be rooted and grounded in Christ's salvation. Oh, may we make sure tonight that we're saved by the grace of God, washed in the precious blood of the Lamb, and not like these stony ground hearers. May we have good ground tonight, and may the seed of the gospel bring forth thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. May we live for Christ and stand in the midst of this day and generation. May God write his word upon our hearts for his name's sake. Let's just bow in a wee word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we do thank thee for thy precious word tonight. We do thank thee for the, uh, the warning, really, that we have had in this portion of Scripture. And we thank thee, Lord, for the uh, fact that there is the good ground where there is a, a, a fruit that is brought forth. And our God, we'd ask thee that thou wouldst make our hearts and our lives into good ground that will bring forth fruit unto salvation for the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless thy word and write it upon our hearts for Jesus' sake. Amen. Um, I wonder if we could uh, turn to the last hymn there on the uh, board. 316, we'll sing a few verses of it. The hymn 316, The trembling soul I sought the Lord, my sin confessed, my guilt deplored. Um, we'll sing the first two verses of the hymn and we'll stand to sing. Hymn 316.
our loving God and our gracious Father, we pray that thou wast uh, part us in thy fear and with thy blessing. We pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit may rest and abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen.